have this like running joke here that it's like if you play a show in Charlton, it's like the best documented show you'll ever have in your life because there's like five photographers that ever show Sam the picture. Wow, like, okay. Cool. Well, Brett, thank you for coming on the podcast and uh, sharing some stories, some thoughts. Um, for the people at home who might not know who you are, can you just give a quick intro about um, kind of wh- how you're involved in DIY music and where you're from? Yeah. Uh, so I'm Brett Sanderson. I'm from Charlestown, Prince Edward Island, uh, the other side of the country. I'm involved with a group called Charlottetown Punk and Hardcore Shows, and basically we're just like a DIY group. It's basically just me and my girlfriend, and we just run all ages shows in Charlottetown, book, you know, all kinds of bands, lots of punk bands, and like hardcore punk, DB, that kind of stuff, mostly. Uh, that's a lot of the, the bands we book anyway, but uh, we book a lot of like younger bands from here, bands with, you know, teenagers in them. We try to really incorporate the youth as much as we can so yeah we've got a lot of kids here starting bands and it's really cool to give them a spot to play and not have to wait till they're 19 years old to play at a bar right yeah and that's honestly super exciting because like um if anyone knows you know where we're based in calgary like we have a very young scene there's kids you know it, it 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 was shocking when i first moved here and talking to kids and they're like well like i'm still in like grade you know 10 or whatever it is so you know that's yeah. uh we've got some we've got some in grade eight and nine i think coming out right now and like honest, oh, 14 so years sick. old starting bands like it's it's pretty great yeah so yeah. um i always like to get a little bit of context um about how people got into like more underground kind, kinds of music whether it's hardcore punk what have you um so could you kind of give me a little backstory on like maybe the first couple records or cds uh that kind of pushed you in that in that direction or what were those formative moments for you let me think um i well i grew up in pei there's not as a, a huge like scene compared to like we were going to a bigger city or anything but there are people that listen to music so whenever i was in i think grade seven i would have been like 12 or 13 years old uh i lived in a trailer park and there was a guy in that trailer park who was like really like he really is the one that got me into going to like shows and stuff like that. Uh, but I had some other friends as well that listened to like death metal and stuff like that. And I was listening to like, like teeny bopper pop punk and all that stuff at the time. And then they were like, Oh, you should try listening to like cannibal corpse and slipknot. And I was like, Oh, this sounds all right. I'll, I'll give it a shot. And mm-hmm. those were really like, kind of, uh, the people, like those people and like the bands they showed me and like the things that they got me involved in were kind of the reason I still, do what i do today so i think i was 13 years old when i went to my first show in like 2007 right and, and you've you're born and raised from pei yeah i've lived here my whole life yeah, yeah. um yeah. yeah like that's a part of the country i've never been to so like that's it's it's honestly super interesting to um have you on and kind of talk about that because yeah. i think awesome. you know uh, a big thing for scoped is and the reason i started it was like western canada I think collectively gets like um, not the recognition that we deserve and maybe some of the uh, 
the tours that are planned, you know, like the biggest thing growing up in Winnipeg was like North American tour. And then it dips up into Toronto and then dips right back down. Um, I, I can, I can almost guarantee that it is significantly worse out here than it ever would be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Like maybe just like, um, and that's something I'm noticing too, with interviewing some guests, it's just like understanding distance for yeah. bands or for booking people as far as trying to plan stuff out. Um, so, uh, before we get into that, let's just kind of, again, uh, get the full kind of scope of things for you. So you started going to shows, you're around 13 years old. Um, yeah. did you pick up, uh, some instruments and stuff and start playing in bands as well? Yeah. So actually the same person that got me involved in going to shows, I played in like my first band with, I got a drum kit whenever I was like 12. And we did like a cover of uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit at our school town show. <laughs> and we started a band and that was that. Just did some like, we didn't really do much. Like we did that one cover and then just like jammed, you know, how people do whenever you're 12 years old and 13. Right. And um, then like I ended up joining a band whenever I started high school and that was fun and all. And then ever since then, I've been in more bands. I'm currently in like two and a half bands, I guess, kind of three if you round it up. Sure. Is the half band like you're filling in? Because that, that's um, how it was for me with some bands. I'm like, well, I'm just kind of filling in, and then eventually it's a full-time thing. Two bands I'm in, like I'm part of the band. The other band is a band that I'm in, but we kind of like recently just recorded two songs. Okay. And it's just kind of a recording thing right now. We'll probably play shows eventually. And then I uh, filled in on drums for uh, like an emo to emo, like all that band. Gotcha. So that was fun because I never played anything like that before. So that was pretty cool. And there were friends of mine, like the two people I was playing with are in my other band. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so kind of, when did you start kind of booking shows and taking a, a, a larger step forward as far as like giving back to your scene in a way? Um, 2016. Okay. I was in a band, the hardcore band, or like a straight edge band, like uh, hardcore. It was like uh, a lot of people said it sounded like Think I Care. So, like, you know, like Think I Care, it's like that, I guess. And we did like a tape release show. And we're like, let's just do it ourselves. There was no one else doing all ages shows in Charlottetown at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, there was like a group, but they weren't doing as much as like we would have well obviously it wasn't enough for us to be like hey let's do a show because like that maybe just wouldn't happen so we were just like let's do it ourselves uh we ended up doing it and had like a really good number of kids come out so me one of the other guys in the band and uh another friend of ours who helped us organize the whole thing who recorded the, the tape that we were releasing he said why don't we try and do this like once a month for the next year and we were like yeah sure why the hell not like this was it seemed a lot easier than we thought it was um so we did another one like the next month and then we just kind of kept going and did one every month and eventually what we saw was we had maybe like 70 kids out at our first show which was awesome yeah and the next show a little bit less and then it kind of started to go less so we kind of figured we'd maybe doing them like too often so like once a month maybe it was like just a little bit too much sure we're gonna start picking and choosing what ones they wanted to go to so we ended up finding a new venue that was willing to have us and was affordable. And um, we basically do shows like six times a year now. So like once every two months or like we'll do two in a row and take like a month off or something. And maybe we'll do one in a basement too, just to kind of 
like on top of the six that we already do at this sure. venue cool. venue we have lets us use it six times a year so uh, yeah, so we just been doing it like that since, and like right now, it's just me and my girlfriend kind of doing it, and we have fun. We booked a lot of cool bands, and yeah, have a lot of met a lot of people from like out of the Maritimes too. So like yeah. Adam from Ball Shoulders. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, like maybe we can kind of go to that portion of um, you know just talking about distance between because like it's it's a no-brainer like there are people that I've met in like the states who are like oh just rip down with cold shoulder for this show or this festival and like Calgary and Toronto are in like two like it's a three-day <laughs> drive alone but you know even yeah. getting out to where you are that's probably what three more days from Toronto area from here to Alberta, we have uh, my girlfriend's sister lives in Calgary. Okay, we were out there. It was a beautiful spot. Um, it's a five-day drive to Alberta from PEI. Yeah, and that's if you drive like at least ten hours a day. <laughs> it's a long. <laughs> yeah, drive, it's so. a it's a it's a crazy continental week of work yeah. just behind the wheel. Um, yeah, just <laughs> yeah. So like. Um, you know, that's something that I can always appreciate more with certain either promoters or bands um, in ch more challenging geographical scenes. Because, um, yeah. you know, uh, I got into hardcore growing up in Winnipeg and, you know, the for like for Canada alone, like it was very rare to get any bands from Toronto or the Ontario area overall just because, you know, that's a, you know, two day excursion and then the the next thing is regina and then at the time it's like that's still eight hours that's um, that's i think uh i noticed that with a lot of bands they'll kind of especially from here like bands from out east we never see like our friends bands travel really any further than ontario because that drive from like southern ontario to like anywhere like w like that would be like like a, a place you'd want to play like in manitoba or like saskatchewan is like such a far drive right and yeah. like you, you don't really see too many bands around here going across the country and then coming back because it's just a little too much like it's a five-day drive alone just to get the cab to alberta like mm -hmm. it's, it's excruciating and that's just driving straight through so like you would need at least a month <laughs> like probably <laughs> like at, at the very least like you to play like half weeks, like, a month's worth of shows probably yeah, like it's it's a huge country, and that's like makes it very challenging for a lot of bands, I would think. So yeah, and uh, you, like I have seen it before. Like um, I think it was twenty. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can get this year right. Um, there was two bands. Shout out Blessing and Lopsaria. They're both from the Toronto area. Yep. They drove out all the way to Alberta just to play Edmonton and Calgary, and then drove all the way back. So, yeah, Blessing, Blessing played here, I think it was last summer, actually, too. There. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We both them in a basement with Bothwine. <laughs> yeah, like... Bothwine, great band, great dudes. Yeah, and I think, like, you know, obviously, like, not every band has the financial... Like, it's not even a financial thing, it's, like, logistically, like, does someone have a van? Does someone have, um, you know, all the gear, like... Um, getting yep. merch for those runs, um, but I do notice that bands who to who make that um, who make a move like that um, to go to maybe a niche or part of the country um, or do kind of a, a on paper a crazy idea as far as like playing two shows in Alberta and coming back. But for me, like that stuck with me, and I've 
you know, that's a band I'll respect probably for the rest of my life. Exactly. I and mean, we're very much like that here. Like when a band like takes the time to like travel this way and like play a show to like however many kids could be like between 20 to a hundred kids, like take that risk to come here and play. Like we really appreciate that a lot. Like we'll like, like if they ever want to come back, we're usually like come back anytime. Like we'll book it, we'll make it happen. Right. You know? Yeah. And it's like here it's, it's like a lot of bands want to play in Halifax because Halifax is like the big urban center of the Maritimes. So a lot of bands come to play Halifax and they want to see their friends there that they might know within like the community. Sure. And they're just kind of like, well, we want to go out there. It's like, we, we know it's beautiful out in the Eastern part of Canada. So we want to go just kind of like as a vacation, like, and they'll play like Fredericton, St. John, Moncton. Uh, they'll come over here to Charlottetown, which uh, like, I don't know if you know anything about PEI, but there's like the Confederation Bridge. Like people know the Confederation Bridge. The toll is almost fifty dollars. Wow! So like, okay, just across the bridge is nearly fifty dollars. So like, coming over here, people are like, "Oh, I got to pay the bridge toll." That's a big fee, and a lot of bands don't know that whenever they come over here. Yeah, so they feel but, yeah. slighted in a little way, un- unknowingly. It sucks. Like, yeah, yeah. So a lot of bands like they're kind of like, "Ah, it's not worth the bridge toll." Blah blah blah. And I get that because it's expensive like if if it costs nothing to go across that bridge i would be like going like to halifax constantly to see friends over there and stuff like that but like it's such a barrier mm-hmm. um, yeah so like bands will come here and play like st john fredericton moncton they'll come here uh, and then they'll play like halifax and then they'll drive back to like montreal or toronto or wherever they come from you know what i mean yeah but it's uh, just to get to montreal alone from charlottetown my band warsh we toured last year um we did five dates we went for a week and it just to get to montreal is a 12-hour drive pretty much it's like between 10 and 12 like if you're stopping it's 12 if you just boot it and don't have to piss the whole time it's 10 right like just to get to montreal for the first show you know what i mean like yeah. it's, it's pretty it's pretty far like new brunswick is a pretty big province like with yeah it's so yeah yeah, and I think like going back to what you were saying about like bridges and in unexpected fees, like I think Canada overall maybe is on the low side of that. But I remember like I went down to Chicago um, to play. I was I was filling in for a band. Yeah, we were playing in. Um, oh man, what was that town? Somewhere in Illinois. But um, like we were going through that state. I'm like, we had to hit so many like um, just like tolls. And just like, okay, everyone's like trying to rally together, like change to get it. And maybe in the States, it's more common, but um, definitely not a a thing in in Canada, at least that I know of. Yeah, like that's America's like very privatized country. So the opportunity there is to make money driving on a road, I'm sure they'll take it. But whenever we were on tour last uh, summer, we didn't really notice too much, honestly. Mm Mm-hmm just that fucking bridge man it's just getting off the damn island once they get you here they trap you and then you can't afford to leave right <laughs> yeah um and so as far as like a recommended touring route if there maybe is a band from like eastern canada or maybe in in the west because you know that's definitely uh the majority of our audience who's probably listening is people out here in western canada and maybe in the pacific northwest but if there's a band who's like yeah we would love to to come out here what would be your recommended you know touring route so to speak um let me think if you wanted to break it up a little bit better um what i would almost recommend doing is like you would want to start 
So Fredericton's the closest to the Quebec border. So you could start with like a show in Fredericton, um, drive to Moncton, which is about an hour and a half away. It's closer to PEI and kind of closer to Halifax, I think. So from Moncton, you could probably go to Halifax and then sort of on your way back, um, you could stop at Charlottetown. There's a ferry from the northern part of like mainland. That's kind of like the northern part of mainland Nova Scotia that goes to PEI. It's free to take over. And then if you were driving through New Brunswick, you would take the bridge back and it's cheaper to take the bridge back. It's oh, free to get here, but it costs money to leave. But the bridge is <laughs> the bridge is cheaper to take than the boat, but you can take the boat over and then take the bridge back. And then you would stop in like St. John. Or you could switch St. John to Fredericton and you know go back to Quebec. You could stop in Sydney, Nova Scotia if you wanted. Uh their scene's pretty great. Really nice people. Uh it's a bit out of the way. Um, because it's in Cape Breton, Cape Breton Island, kind of in the northern part of the island. Um, but yeah, those are the real places you could stop. If you had the money, you could stop in St. John's um, in Newfoundland. But that's like, we think it's hard to get people here. But like Newfoundland, it's much, much more difficult. Like it's really expensive to go to Newfoundland. Like yeah. I've never been there and I'm like on the East Coast. Like that's how insane it is. Like to fly there, it probably costs you just as much to fly from like here to Western Canada. Yeah. Wow. And if you don't go fly, you got to take a, a ferry, which is really expensive, and it's a long ferry ride. Or you got to drive all the way through like New Brunswick and like that Quebec area with like Bay Como and all that shit. I think I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, you got to drive like all through there into Labrador and then take a small ferry and then drive to like the southern tip of Newfoundland. Like it's an insane like trip yeah. just to get there. Yeah, and we did a podcast with um with someone who's originally from Nova Scotia and he was just saying like like flying wise it's like you know, it would be a lot more efficient but like, you know, to drive it's like just crazy um, you know, roads around islands and and whatnot to to get around. Um because Land you is, Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. I was going to say like uh, he so the the guy I'm mentioning, his name is Evan, and he moved down to to Boston. Um, like as he was kind of getting into hardcore, um, do you find that you get more U.S. bands that kind of come up from that area, or even people that just want to come up to go to shows, or not as much? Um, we don't get too many U.S. bands this way. We get a lot of Canadian bands. I would assume it would have to do with like the the like the visas and stuff like that. Sure. Um, we get a lot of bands from like Ontario and Quebec that want to come this way. Uh, we get a lot of bands from Halifax that come up like regularly that we're really good friends with. Um, and a few bands in like New Brunswick. It's weird. Like we're like to drive to New Brunswick is quicker to drive to than like Halifax and Nova Scotia. But like, we're a lot closer with the Halifax scene than we are with like, <laughs> than, like New Brunswick, like as a whole. I've seen it's really weird. Like I, I got to meet some people whenever one of my old bands, did a few shows in New Brunswick uh, a few years ago and that was really nice to kind of like build that, you know, friendship with those people. But like, still, I don't know a whole lot of like, what's going on in New Brunswick as much as I do in like Halifax or even like Montreal and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Um, and then as far as like, um, can you talk a little bit about like the, maybe not like the, the, the most popular band, genre that you're kind of seeing as far as uh like in your scene right now but can you kind of um 
give a little bit of context for like what you're seeing trending right now because i i definitely know that there are some bands that um started in certain years and they've had the same sound but as far as like newer bands there's a a little bit of themes um so yeah and 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 if there's any bands Um, that you want to you know shout out or give some light to uh please do um we like on pei specifically like my bands are all like hardcore punk bands like db like shit like that like i like playing dbs on the drums it's fun right (laughs) Um, there's a lot of bands like that in Halifax too. So, um, Fragment, they're an excellent band. Not the Fragment that is like a hardcore band from Toronto. It's a different Fragment. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Thanks for clarifying that. Yeah, I figured there might be some confusion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a band from Halifax called Bougie Boys oh, who are okay. amazing. They're like blowing up all over the damn place. It's like Biggie Pop puts them on his podcast and shit on BBC Radio. Like they played out in Vancouver with like I forget nothing with the spits. Wow. Uh, they're incredible. And like those guys, like a bunch of the guys in that band are in Fragment and then they're in Alienation. There's another amazing band. Like all those guys just play in like every band <laughs> ever. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Botfly. They're like a noise like band, like a noise rock band from Halifax. Great, great, great guys. Really good music um like the sweetest guys like they'll come up here like at least twice a year to play for us like and like it's not on their tour they're just like we go up there like specially to play charlottetown because <laughs> like it's like going home and like some of the members are either from here or live here right so it's really nice they get to kind of come up and go to the beach and eat richard's uh fish and chips on the north shore <laughs> right. um, is that like the go-to all- food for like for bands like i i know like you know generally in like punk and hardcore music there's like uh, a skew in the vegan or vegetarian um yeah. area so i'm kind of curious like obviously like i'm vegetarian but like the one thing that i'll like not i like like i i'm not claiming vegetarian i just eat vegetarian 99 yeah. percent of the time but like good fish and chips like that's kind of like my vice or my weakness yeah. um so I'm I'm curious what the food scene out there is as well. Oh, food is the food is excellent here. Um, they call us PEI like Food Island. It's kind of you know whatever, but it's there's a lot of really good restaurants for like how small the province is. Like the province only has a population of like 140 thousand people. Yeah, like wow. the whole province, like it's very small. Uh, it's like the size of a small city, but like an entire province. So <laughs> like for the amount of people we have here, we have a lot of good restaurants and. Um, that Richard's place I was talking about, it's like hands down, like the best fish and chips on the island. Like it's incredible. You go into like the national park, like on the North shore with like all the dunes and stuff. And it's like on a Harbor, like within the national park. Oh, wow. Cool. Amazing. They, they catch everything right out of that Harbor and they fry it there. It's so fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's like the go-to spot when bands come here in the summer. Yeah. You know, like, if you want fish and chips, go to Richard's. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so kind of sidestepping, kind of going back to what we were talking about with you putting on shows there. Um, you mentioned earlier that there's like a lot of like younger kids who are like going to shows. Um, so maybe talk about that. Like how, um, obviously like I think anyone in hardcore, like no one would say that that is a bad thing. That is an absolutely great thing. Like, 
it's it's what's really helped us keep it alive here over the last uh, like year and a half. Um, we had the show Botfly played it actually. Uh, it wasn't last year, but the one before in like October, and these two kids came out to that show. The next show there were five. The next show there were. 10 the next show there were like 15 and the next show there are 20 and now like i can't even keep track anymore like right it's incredible like we, we went from putting on shows where maybe 20 people 25 people would show up and it's like oh fuck this isn't good and then all of a sudden like we're averaging like probably between like 60 and 80 people at a show now and like pei is a small place like might not sound that impressive but like our venue's not too big so like you fit 60 to 80 people like crammed into a room like it's it's packed and like we've had upwards like 100 and like maybe just over 100 people at some of our shows like at least one it's great and like the kids they're all like in high school or junior high like seven to nine like they're starting bands it's amazing and like they're cool bands like these kids are punk and they're like they just want to rock and roll yeah it's great yeah yeah, like some of the some of the bands out here, like shout out Set Straight, uh, Bitter, like some of the younger guys. Like the fact that it's their first band, it just makes me so embarrassed to like even think about the very first bands I was I a part of. Am so on board with that. <laughs> like these kids, like there's one band here specifically. They're called Dead Name. Uh, it's like three queer kids started this band. Like they're 14, 15, and 16 years old, and they started like this like punk like it's it's so weird to describe it's like heavy but it's like punk and it's like kind of like jazzy almost like it's, oh okay cool. it's, it's really cool and like they just want to rock and roll that's all there is to it and like two of those people started a new band called like dibs and it's like just, dibs like, like that's mine dibs like kind of like it uh it's an acronym i can't remember what it is but it's oh, like okay dibs uh, is pretty sick though that's a great band name yeah. They're, they're awesome. The kids are great. And like, they're switching up instruments and they're recording like with their iPhone and putting it around band camp. And it's, it's great. The mentality of the kids out here is like so punk rock. It's freaking great. Like yeah. it just records, record it. Doesn't have to sound good. Blow it out. Makes up for how shitty it sounds anyway. And just post it on band camp, make some tapes, sell some tapes. You know, mm. that's like, <laughs> that's almost backwards in like, um, at least when I was like first playing in bands it was so like I remember being so meticulous in the first like oh it needs to sound this way or it needs to you know be this level of production or whatever and you know like now that I've skewed more into like the hardcore like authentic style of recording like there is still some of that but like like the fact that you know growing up in an age where it's so like immediate like record on my phone and then just like throw it up on Bandcamp like in the next hour is is something to be commended it's awesome like we like with my bands like i'm in like i said like kind of three bands like two bands and then like two half bands um my band antibodies um we just put out a new lp like a month ago and like we just put out the tapes like we recorded that ourselves in like our guitar player's basement we call it terry's temple just because it's hilarious <laughs> and uh we recorded it ourselves uh mixed it ourselves it sounds like absolute shit it's really way too loud but it's like perfect for the kind of stuff that we play for sure and that the people who like our kind of music listen to like 
when I hear a band that sounds like our band, and if it's like recorded way too well and it's too polished, I'm like, oh, this would sound so much better if it was like blown out to shit and right. like not so good. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, I'm in another band called Warsh. Um, How do you spell that? Old. You've said that a couple of times, and I'm just tr- trying to figure out the spelling. Um, w a r s h. So. Okay. Uh, TJ from Antibodies, who like I'm in Antibodies with TJ, he said to me one day, he's like, I want to start a punk band and call it Warsh. And I was like, that's hilarious because Warsh in PEI terms is like wash, but it's like something old people would say. It'd be like Warsh, like gotta go wash the windows or like wash the potatoes before you throw them in the pot. Like that's shit like, like in that. their so accent. Like, yeah, exactly. It's like a dialect thing here. It's hmm. like gotta go put a wash in the in the machine like that kind of thing (laughs) so he said i want to start a band and call it wash i was like that is so funny like we totally got to do that so wow that's uh, very that's very on the nose i like that yeah so it's it's me and tj from antibodies um my girlfriend sophia and she does vocals she's great it's her first band she's ever been in like she has a blast and then our bass player rosanna um we put out a tape in november we recorded that ourselves mixed it ourselves same deal kind of sounds like shit but it's like perfect for the kind of thing that we do and people like enjoy that sort of thing like in like hardcore punk i guess with like the db kind of thing going on yeah and then the other band abraxas we recorded that ourselves with like three microphones like we set up a sm58 on the guitar (laughs) sm50 or sm57 on the guitar 58 on the bass and one sm58 on the drums and just did it that way and it sounds pretty all right and i did vocals in that one too so that was a lot of fun mm-hmm. and uh yeah those are like the three bands i'm playing the other one is like an emo band but like we did the recordings all ourselves uh rosanna who's in more she's like the one who wrote everything she's mixing it all and yeah yeah it's it's fun like it doesn't you don't have to like like for this it all depends on the type of music you're playing i guess but like the stuff that we play like you don't have to spend thousands of dollars in a studio to record like you can just have a friend with an interface like every meme that uh yeah meme 666 posts with like pro tools and just like <laughs> just record that in, yeah. in the basement and it's like you don't have to know how to mix it very well just like talk to people and you know find out some tips and research things online and just make it work and put it some tape. plus there's like so many ways nowadays to like get certain like things on the band agenda to be done like you don't have someone who's a graphic designer and need a band logo like go on fiverr like yeah like you like, message we, someone on, on instagram for all I get. Yeah. yeah the mentality i find out here is very diy yeah um like a lot of like the artwork that we'll do for our bands like for wash like rosanna will draw the artwork uh for antibodies like we'll get friends from halifax to make it like our friend steve made the artwork for our new record he's in fragment and bougie boys and alienation and all these bands from halifax so like we're all really close with them so he did the artwork for us um and like any shirts and stuff like we started printing our own shirts now too like it's like I got a little setup in the room behind the camera and like that's where we make shirts now. And yeah, you know, it's fun. Like there's a very DIY mentality I find out here within the punk scene. Um, even the kids, like they're going to value village and picking up shirts and like spray painting on them and fucking going to value village and buying tapes and dubbing over them. Like it's pretty that's, funny. Wow. I never, like I've, I've seen that where bands have like run out of, out of merch on tour and then they're just getting like, Hanes white tees and then spray painting but like the doubling over tapes at a thrift store is that's on some next level shit 
I swear to God, like, okay, Cody Gugu, he's from Halifax. He's legendary he's, last name. Well, yeah, it's like a, it's like an indigenous, uh, like it's an indigenous last name. I'm not sure if it's like a tribe or not, but um, he's like one of the best writers in like punk out here. And yeah. he just like makes a band, records it. He'll go to like Value Village and buy a bunch of tapes and just dub them himself white out marker uh you know and like you you finish the tape and then you're listening to like dolly Parton, like <laughs> you know it's it's like it's not totally uncommon with that style and like sure. that like this way like we did it with the abraxas tapes too and it's 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 great like it's just very diy you know? yeah and and i yeah. think like you know especially learning that at such a young age is so crucial like to <laughs> like make shit happen on your on your terms because i i honestly can't like there are other genres i guess that have elements of that but not to the same degree i feel yeah like it's it's nice to be able to you know do things yourself and be like a self-sufficient sort of band where you're doing your artwork in-house you're doing your recording in-house you're doing your mixing in-house you're not mastering because it doesn't matter half the time um <laughs> you're making your shirts in-house uh, you're printing patches in house, like you're doing all these things yourself. You don't have to spend money outside of that to like make something. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you can, we can put out an LP with ten songs, record it ourselves, it costs us nothing. Uh, order tapes online, and literally like sell them for five dollars, and we're still like able to, you know, fund the next tape. Like out of that, we're not like broke. You know, trying yeah. to scratch up money to like, you know, pay ourselves back for doing a run of a hundred tapes like you can do a lot of things yourself and like there's a lot of resources out there to learn how to do those things and for sure yeah yeah i think like anyone who's like oh but i don't know how to use photoshop or i don't know how to like you know play you know record something like there's like there's a thing called google there's a thing called youtube like that's where majority of people are learning everything from that to like how to change oil in their car so it's oh my god absolutely i yeah. changed my oil in my car so that can yeah. really um but like yeah like it, in photoshop and all that kind of stuff like if you talk to anybody who knows how to use photoshop and you say like if you say to someone who uses photoshop you say oh, i don't really know how to use that it's like well i didn't either <laughs> like you right. just gotta go you like with that sort of thing you just gotta do it mm-hmm figure it out yeah and eventually like you become so well versed in all these things you can do everything for your band like mm-hmm. it's great like i don't know we we got our our last record mastered by will killingsworth but that's like the only thing we've really done outside of that like if we want to include pictures like our friends will be like yeah use the pictures all you want like if, like some people be like yeah i'll do an artwork for you real quick you a new tape whatever no problem that's yeah. great like you know yeah and especially cool. like you know like I, i've mentioned it a couple of times on on the podcast but like you know allowing people to you know essentially like build their creative you know careers within their music community i think is so important because for oh me God, like yeah. i was like oh i'm gonna start filming bands like i had no no aspirations uh, to get it to the level that it is today, but it was like just discovering a passion for me. But if someone was like, no, Spencer, you can't film this show or I don't want this to be filmed. Like, um, like largely, largely that was accepted 
from the the origin and then it's just exploded so i'm like i'm sure it's the same for uh people that want to get together and play music yep that's exactly how i got into doing like film stuff myself like filming bands and shows and like working that into like doing stuff for like businesses and you know like doing weddings and shit like that like that's where it all started basically so you have this like running joke here that it's like if you play a show in Charlton, it's like the best documented show you'll ever have in your life because there's like five photographers to ever show Santa Wow. Like, okay. Yeah, I didn't know. Are there any uh, archivists that you want to shout out as far as photography or videography? Paul Atwood. He's amazing. Uh, he lives in Halifax now. He's originally from Nova Scotia, but he lived here for a few years. He is like the greatest dude ever like snaps pictures at every show like he always lets us use them for stuff and like it, he will always take pictures of everything he's at like he'll go to shows and take pictures just because like um sophia like my girlfriend she's doing the same thing like we're using some of her photos on the new like antibodies artwork um Haley frail in halifax she does a lot of photos for a lot of bands over there in new brunswick um who else you're, uh, you're like doing a little bit of video yourself you said yeah, I do a lot of photo at shows. Like, every time we put on a show here, like me and my girlfriend, uh, one of us will take photos of the band. It's like, we both have a camera. Like, um, like we both take photos. So, like, if she's watching the door, I'll run in and snap pictures. If I'm watching the door, she'll run in and snap pictures. Like, if I'm doing sound, she'll run in and snap pictures. And we'll just, like, post them after. Yeah. And have, like, pictures of every band that plays. Like, that's something that we always try to do is snap photos of every band that plays our shows. Yeah. And they like and especially with the younger bands like they can use that right for material we don't want anything for it like just yeah. use it yeah like and i think that's so crucial especially for like a smaller scene to you know have some kind of documentation that you can post that you know like probably one of the first things i'm going to do after this podcast is go check out those photos and um yeah. relive some of those moments of shows because like it it gives you a like um like a snapshot for lack of a better term of, um, of how things are. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's really important like to have that. And like, it, it works as a tool for like getting bands here too. Like if a band knows that they're going to come here and it's going to be like 16 people taking pictures of your band, like it's, and it's nice to have, right. And nobody right. wants, nobody usually wants money for it here. Like they just snap them and you know, here you go. Yeah. Like, and it's not, it's not wrong to like shoot bands for money, obviously, but like, a lot of the time here, we'll just take them, be like, do whatever you need with them. If you want to put them like on a J card, go for it. Like, yeah, I, I I've always said like, I totally agree. Like, it's like if someone's trying to have that as their full time thing, shooting bands, like, go for that. I support that. Yep. I also think that uh, someone who's doing it for free, like, that's how certain creatives can kind of, you know, one up one another in a sense. Yeah, like I think so. Oh well, think- like we like gabby but we like troy does just as good a job and troy's a good dude and he's doing it for free so yeah. yeah and it's like it's important to support artists and stuff too but like it's punk rock like it's not no one's like trying to go broke like playing punk music that's always been my mentality like i'm not trying to go broke i'm just not trying to like you know I'm not trying to get rich off it either by any means like yeah know, just if you can make a punk band and break even at the end of it all or only lose a few hundred bucks, you're doing great. So. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, you you mentioned earlier just about, like, meme pages, and this was something that, at least when Adam introduced me, um, and, and for anyone who's watching the video podcast and they're like, 
okay, I I've never met Brett before, but may I I feel like I've seen him. Is um, <laughs> you're you're an actual like music meme. I'm a just all around meme. I think I was the meme of the month in uh, September 2016 on Reddit. Actually, wow. I know <laughs> I, it's really weird to me. I don't use Reddit, but whenever I saw that, I was like, oh wow. Or it was in like it was like nominated or some shit. I don't right. Know. And the, yeah. and the meme we're, we're, we're talking about, and I'd love for you to give me a little like back background story, um, is the, um, name a band and I'll let you into the club guy. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I saw, I saw that years ago, but like when I, I learned that, you know, that's someone not, I always think it's cool. Like, Oh, so-and-so is Canadian. Like that's, you know, one point for me, but like the fact that we're sitting down and doing this podcast and you know, the conversation's going well. Yeah. That is just, I, I need to know more, Brett. Yeah. Uh, and that was funny with Cold Shoulder, too. Like, whenever they're, like, somebody mentioned it, and they were like, you fucking kidding me? Like, and then it was like, we took a photo together and all that shit. And I had a roommate who, like, was friends with a lot of people in the music scene. And um, he would, we would advance it or place all the time. And he would always tell them. And then they'd be like, oh, my God, like, you're my friend's favorite meme. It's the Persuadable Bouncer meme is the name of it, I guess. Yeah, that's the uh, official name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like a four panel meme. Anyway, the background is, um, Sophia and I, like my girlfriend, we were going out for dinner and I looked like a bouncer and she's like, stand in front of that door. <laughs> and I was like, okay. She's like, you look like a bouncer. I was like, all right, take a picture. So I crossed my arms like this, had some glasses on and she took the phone. She's like, now open the door. I'm going to make a, a Twitter, uh, like a tweet about it. And I opened the door and you know and then she she made a chris it was like i don't know what it was it was some artist and the original tweet was um i don't know how you can hate from outside the club when you can't even get in or something like that <laughs> and then a friend of mine who had like a twitter account that had like eight thousand followers or something he started the fucking like four panel thing and since then it just like exploded it was it was big on twitter for a little bit and then it died off and then it really took off like everywhere else Mm -hmm. like 2016 2017 and then like it always resurges like once in a while like it is right now everybody's like oh should go me picture your car i'll let you know if you're in or not or like (laughs) you know i get like people from high school that were like weird or like you know not weird but like people i didn't really hang out with being like oh this just got posted in like uh car race memes new brunswick or something like that and i'm like all right cool <laughs> sure you know so like uh your girlfriend took a photo of that and then it was like you didn't think anything of it you're just like oh this is a funny thing for the two of us she might post it and that would yeah. be it yeah and then that friend with that uh twitter account with like eight thousand followers posted it and then it just kind of spiraled from there <laughs> yeah which like eight thousand followers is like a it's a it's a sizable audience, but it's not like, Oh, like, like a million, like it was slowly, but surely. Um, yeah. Like he had some people on there that had like more significant following and then they picked it up and shit like that. And then it died for a while, but then it got posted on like Facebook and then it got posted on like some substantially large Instagram accounts with like millions of followers. People were like, Hey, isn't that you? And I'm like, yes, it is. And they're like, Oh my God, it's on this awesome meme page that I like. And, I scroll through their page and like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I think the, um, 
the the aspect of the longevity of that because i'm always obsessed with how things you know create virality and you know spread around the internet but i think the thing that has the extra sauce aspect of it is that it's a it's a give and take versus like the i forget what what movie that is but it's like you can own like it's talking about like the one day of the year that they can post that or like the the justin timberlake like it's gonna be may May, um but but that can you know anybody who can post that it's like oh now we're playing a game versus it's just like oh here's a funny meme so to speak yeah like it pops up and i get a chuckle and i'm like oh my god it's doing it again like (laughs) fuck this thing's sticking around not going anywhere like right doesn't like affected me negatively or positively or anything it's just like funny whenever it pops up and i'm just like jesus christ like again like fuck yeah (laughs) it's crazy and and yeah like that's 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 interesting to hear too that is like it just like it's kind of you know it's passive like nothing's really you know i'm sure you haven't been hit up by like a bunch of places to like talk about it's just like but at the same time it's not like Oh, like you're, you know, the news reporter who had like a fish hit her in the face or something like that. I've had, uh, I've done one, wait, maybe two interviews about the whole thing. One of them was on high trash media, which is the bass player of antibodies who has turned that into a tape label. He used to do interviews. He was the first person to interview her friends anyway. So it was just shit. And then I think, I can't remember if. I actually did this one, but it was like a student at the college here, Hong College. They were part of the journalism program and they wanted to interview me. And I don't know if they ever actually did. Mm. They wanted. So I've done at least one interview about it. Yeah. And it was a friend, like one so of my This really- could be second or third time you've like interview talked about it in a way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's on a punk uh, and hardcore thing. So that's cool because that's, you know. Yeah. So, mm. yeah. Um, it, so you said that uh, your your buddy put it on a tape cover. Um, and that's the only like medium that you've seen it like physically manifestate. I don't think it's been on a tape cover. It's been on like has it been on a tape cover? We've made like bullshit tape covers with our bands just for shits and giggles. But I don't know if it's actually ever into a tape cover. Maybe it has, and I just can't remember. Yeah. But like it's definitely like it's a it's a big funny thing around here. Like people are like, oh, I know the bouncer meme, and like the kids are like, yeah, that's freaking funny. Like, oh my god, you're that guy, and blah blah blah. Like, like it gets shared within circles, like in the Maritimes, and then the kids from here will like, oh, be like, oh my god, that's Brett from Charlottetown. Like, you can't believe you didn't know that and shit like that. Yeah. Like, it's pretty funny. Like, the kids are are all right around here. So. Yeah, no, that that's super cool, and I'm glad that we got to peel the curtain back a little bit about it. Um, it's it's just it's just like a weird thing that it just shows up once in a while and i just get a little chuckle out of it so right um cool um so going back to just like the geographical nature of of where you are um because honestly it's been really eye-opening for me to kind of hear you know how things are structured and you know like some of the you know the challenges that you face but I think it's really cool. Like I think especially anyone in our genre, like hearing 60, 80 kids as a, as an average is still like, that's still a really great show. Like, yeah, it's, it's nice. And like, um, we always joke with our friends at Halifax about it too. Like they get 
great numbers out of their shows too but we always joke like the median age there is like 26 and here it's like 16 like right, <laughs> it's right. so we'll bring our friends over from out back to the place there's so many goddamn kids at these shows like it's insane and we're like yeah it's like it's great like yeah. we would fuck if we didn't have them so yeah you know. and arguably like people who are like 15 16 17 probably you know like if you're going out to play there they probably have more dispensable income because they're not, you know, they're not living on their own. They're not, you know, having to pay a bunch of bills and they're yeah. probably not as jaded musically for like, oh, well, I'm not going to watch this band. It's just it like, just they're depends. just like, It depends on like if they actually have a job, I guess. Like a lot of them don't have jobs. It's hard to like find work here sometimes, especially if you're younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like they always come out like it's it's consistent like they're really like i remember when i was their age like the one show that would happen every month or two was like the thing i always look forward to the most and to have that happening right now for the first time that i can remember since i was that young like i've been around for 10 years here and like one way or another like going to shows or oh, 13 years holy shit it's been like half my life um going to or like you know like helping out or doing shows and like i can't remember a time when there were this many kids this excited about punk music in charlottetown it's mm-hmm. incredible like i friggin like and we're, we're nice to them like we're not mean to them like we interact with them. we record them like we hang out with them if we run into them in the street we'll like chit chat like I'm like twice the age of some of these kids and like, we'll like run into them in the street and have a little chat. Like we're nice to them. We're not mean. Like we're not like, Oh, we're older than you. And like, you're just a kid, blah, blah, blah. Cause like these kids are cool. Like they're, they want to rock and like, we want to give them the rock. So, 100%, like, yeah. And that's it. That's all there is to it. Like they just want to, they just want to go to shows. And I remember being like that whenever I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I remember trying to talk to the promoters back then and sometimes they would and sometimes they brush it off and you know, like it's not we're not we try to not be like that now. Sure. So it's good to like talk to these kids and, you know, get them excited about the whole thing. Yeah. And I think that's like so crucial, like you said, for like smaller communities, like, you know, maybe you're in a geograph like I always mention California and I don't mean to knock on it, but I think it's like it's very like like they they have they have it set like i don't want to say it's privileged or whatever but like the fact that so many great bands are in that scene and you know shows can happen all year round and you know like arguably some people have to choose like do we go to this show at chain reaction or program or you know whatever it is yeah Um, yeah and that's that's how we feel about like ontario montreal and stuff too like we don't have much like we're the only people who really do like all ages shows here in that style of music everything else is a bar show but if you go like even Halifax like there's there's a few different scenes within like that punk and hardcore metal community you know what I mean like we only really have like the all ages scene and then like a bar scene those are the two things really like yeah but like I'm sure you can attest to like all ages shows being like oh sorry excuse me uh being super crucial for like um you know because that was very similar to when I was um first going to shows it was like i was already like 18 like like going to hardcore shows so i was like 18 19 already so i could get into whatever venue i wanted to but you know yeah. like all ages uh like venues like were very few and far between so like usually it was at a 
18 plus venue. And then when I moved out to Calgary, it was like, man, there are young kids here. And you know, if we have it at Dickens, which is, which is 18 plus, there's like a significant 20 to 30 person gap, um, as far as attendance. Yeah. Here it's, it's, uh, it's very similar to that. Um, for a little while, uh, it was more like if you were coming to Charlottetown, it was best to do a bar show because like y'all, you just seen was really getting this or we started doing it. So if you wanted to come here and like make it worth it by any means, like it would be good to do a bar show. Cause like there would usually be people out. Um, the bar scene here is like more of a, like metal now. Sure. And the all ages scene is like very punk. So like whenever we do like a punk show at the bar, like it doesn't always turn out as well as if we did an all ages show. So yeah. now like whenever I run into bands, like whenever we played, whenever Wars played in Montreal last year, like we're telling bands, like we played with a band called by the Jacuzzi from Toronto. And um, we also played with uh, Beat Test in Montreal and World Health Organization. Uh, and we told them, we're like, we ever want to come out east, like, come on, we'll, we'll book it, we'll make it happen, give us a weekend, because if we can do it on a weekend, then we know we can get the venue. That's the other thing here is venues are next to impossible to find if you don't have one. And, like, come on a weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Friday, if you have to, and, like, we can guarantee that there will be kids yeah. to come. You know what I mean? So it's nice. Like, we can talk to bands and talk them, talk it up and, you know, make it worthwhile for them, hopefully. So. And uh, we, we were talking uh, earlier, um, like, you've mentioned a lot of, like, regional bands, but, you know, we met, we were talking about earlier about how a bigger tour will, you know, usually miss Western Canada and probably well miss, like, the Eastern provinces. Um, yeah. But what was, like, maybe the last bigger show that, that came through um, that either, not necessarily that you put on, but that you attended and you were like, wow, this is really crazy that X band... Um, came through um, we've had um i think the last big one uh oi Poloi actually came here okay. they're from scotland they came here like a year ago they were great um they, that was probably the last like big band that came here like they're big in the crust scene mm. uh massacre 68 from mexico came here i had the chance to book them and it was great they're like a pretty significant punk band from mexico we had a russian band called fathom like a Phantom, like a Russian crust band, they were great. Like those are three bands that like I would have never really expected to come this way. Right. And yeah. like we've been able to kind of like build it up here so that it kind of almost makes it like like it's it's nice because like it, it makes it feel like we're a bit of a destination for these bands. Um other than that though, SNFU came here in like 2016. Um they're from Vancouver. Um who else has come here? Um Expires played here a couple times they're well, you probably don't expire like yeah. i don't listen much to that kind of hardcore any more than i used to but they came here whenever i was really into that and they were awesome they played a basement they were on tour with two other bands and the guy who owned the house was like come here play my basement just you guys come on down <laughs> so they played here um i've seen like dead and divine remember dead and divine i they for sure know dead and divine <laughs> They were here. Life Ruiner came with them once. That was a show. Life Ruiner is a band I haven't heard of in a while, long time. I forget about them all the time. Yeah, I've seen some, like, when bands come here, they'll typically go to Halifax. So whenever I was more into, like, that style of hardcore, I've seen, like, Backtrack there. Um, I saw, like, Straight From The Path, um, Exalt, like, yeah. bands like that. Well, typically, if they come here, they'll go to 
you know, they'll stop in maybe like Moncton or like Fredericton and Halifax or it's like definitely Halifax, but they'll stop in any of those places to kind of break the drive up. But we don't really get them over here as much. I did see Exalfier though too once actually, that I think of it. Yeah. So those are like the bands that we kind of get, like we don't get any like huge name bands coming out here like as much anymore, but like I would say the last one's definitely Oi Polloi. Yeah. They were, they're like a big, Crust man, like from Scotland, they came here and people were like shit in the pants, like the punks here, all like wow, my boys coming, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's always cool, like especially you know if there's people like that are you know crossing a significant amount of like water to like you know come to another part of the world is is always like you know I I anytime I see a poster and it's like banned from like anywhere in Europe or like a, a weird part, it's like well. Like, I might not even be into, like, many of these bands, but I would just want to go and, you know... You appreciate the distance yeah, that they... Yeah, show show the respect. Uh, That's well-deserved. It's, it's almost like if you come from that far away, like, it's worthwhile for you to, you know, like, make the trek to as many stops as you can. Because, like, what's right. the point of coming across the ocean to play, like, five shows? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, play as many as you can yeah like um you know uh one thing that unfortunately due to this whole like pandemic that isn't happening is um uh wild rose which was which is the fest that i film here um this would have been year five um they they had booked their first uk band uh cauldron and like anytime i talked to anyone they like that band was going to be they was highly anticipated not only because they were so far from would have been so far from home but just like such a heavy band in the in the more metalcore scene yeah so um yeah um, unfortunately that can't happen and i hope that those guys um you know want to rebook eventually absolutely like i've heard of that fast i mean i was really into like mortality rate for a bit and like uh followed them a little bit I think they played that a few times, but yeah, we don't like, like that sucks. It, like that really sucks. Like that this shit's going on. Like our friends bought fly from Halifax. That I mentioned earlier, they had to cancel their, their spring tour. That really sucks for them. I'm like, even like antibodies, like we were going to have a show. Was it next weekend or the weekend after to do like a little tape release show? And we had to cancel that. Like we haven't even brought it up to anyone. I don't think anybody knew it was going to happen until probably right now, but like, um we can't do that and like we have a may show booked which might not happen and like antibodies and morse are trying to go on tour in like july or sometime in the summer and we're like maybe we won't be able to do that now like that sucks like yeah it's not like we we rely on it for like an income or anything we're just like yeah we want to go you know it's like a vacation i would like to enjoy summer 2020 just a little bit you know yeah exactly like even the beaches are shut down here now like people like you can't go anywhere it sucks like but it's good like i guess you you don't want it to spread anymore so like yeah yeah i think like you know doing your part and just staying home or you know doing what you can and I, I totally agree. It would be weird. Like I, I totally get if a fest is still trying to be like, Hey, we're a ways out and they're still trying to promote it. But like, we're still kind of uncertain of how long this thing will last you mainly because like of how many people who aren't doing their part right now. And it's just being detrimentally, negatively yeah. in- influenced. 
absolutely and like you got to be thinking ahead for that kind of thing you got to be like holy shit like maybe we'll keep promoting but like don't be surprised if we have to cancel you know what i mean right yeah. and the other thing too is like i think what sucks is that a lot of people are missing out on a lot of money right now because people can't work mm. so even if it does bowl over eventually and like you can go on your tour maybe you're not in a financial situation where you have enough money saved up to go away for a week or two or a month you know what i mean so like that's the other shitty side of things if it does clear up by the summer there's going to be bands that can't tour because they don't have the funds to do it yeah yeah i think that there will be a bit of a lull with that but also like people who maybe a little like uh not schizophrenic, but like maybe hyper aware of like, Oh, like just because things opened up against like the virus is still out there, you know, there's not like, they might be paranoid to only wait until like a vaccine is made. Like this, this is going down a path where we'll get lost for another hour. But I totally, I totally agree that there's, I think that there's a hunger. Like it's, it's very clear for anyone that I follow on social who are like just itching to get back to either playing or going to shows but I don't Absolutely. think it's just a light switch that just goes on after. It's gonna it's gonna be difficult. Like all I could say is just like listen to the health professionals. Like obviously, like that's important. Stay inside. When they say it's good to go outside, like it's probably good to go outside. I don't think they're gonna be messing around too much, but there are gonna be anxieties around that. Yeah. And it's going to be maybe a little bit difficult. But I think I think what'll happen though is people are gonna get sick of sitting indoors. So as soon as they get to go ahead, people will probably be like, Okay, I'm going outside. Yeah. I'm gonna go to the beach. I'm gonna go for a walk at the park. I'm gonna go play on the playground equipment that's shut off. I'm gonna go to the skate park. <laughs> like so uh, that'll probably like it, who knows? Like it really could go either way, but there's definitely gonna be a lot of anxiety. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, we should probably get things uh, wrapped up here, but I've really, really enjoyed this uh, conversation with you, Brett. And um, yeah, it's been really eye-opening. And you know, my my goal um, always with our platform is to, you know, even if it's like one or two people that you know somewhere down the line is like, hey, I listened to your podcast. I would love to inquire with you about setting up a show. Like that. That is my genuine hope for things. Yeah. For um, sure. Usually how we like to end the show is um, a favorite mosh story from your time in like DIY music. Um, so I, I'm curious on, you know, like I've interviewed lots of people who are into metalcore and broken noses, arms, what have you. But I, I'm curious if there's something more so on the punk side that you can share. Well, I don't mosh so much anymore. I kind of get out of that uh, when I got really like I'm a big guy. And there's a lot of young people. I don't want to hurt someone. <laughs> like, you you don't want to be the like, boulder from uh, Indiana Jones just toppling no. over everyone. <laughs> and I don't want to like. I don't really like listen to that style of hardcore anymore, where people do like mosh like that. So I like you kind of just naturally like I got away from it more. But like I definitely did at one point. Like I was into like the like metallic hardcore and like metalcore and shit like that. And like I remember specifically. One time in Halifax, I was swinging fists, and I, I hammer fisted some older guy right here, and like I didn't break his skull or anything, like, but I definitely like dazed him, and like they had to kind of, you know, like some people had to, we kind of had to grab him and be like, "Are you all right?" And he's yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. Like, it's all fell over, but like other than that, like I've, I've accidentally like 
punch some friends in the face and uh nearly kick some people in the face you know like all in good in good fun yeah but like i don't i don't want to do that anymore it's <laughs> not really my thing yeah i i definitely like kind of shouting out some of the younger generation like the fact that like some people who are like still in high school and they're pitting harder than most of the people in Calgary. Like that's, uh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. A lot of the kids here, like they just push each other around and, you know, have a good time. nobody's really like crowd killing or hate mushing or fucking, you know, hardcore dancing, right. Swinging kicks and doing spin kicks and, you know, uh, backflips and stuff. So it's, I don't know. It's, it's kind of nice actually. So I feel like, I feel like that would probably turn a lot of people off here. So it's probably for the best. Like, yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Like I think that there's always, I think that there's always like certain shows where there's a variety of moshers. Like there's the crowd yeah. killers, there's the push pitters and you know, yeah. like, you know, the two Nobody's steppers. Like, nobody's really trying to hurt anyone i've always found but you know like there's sometimes shit happens and like yeah. i've seen people like get nearly knocked out like i remember one time a band played here from newfoundland i think they were called weak link i think it was weak link great band and they they opened up with uh a chromax cover <laughs> and one of the guys came and just shoved the person in front of him and it was like this younger girl and she like fell and hurt herself and like oh, this no. show just ended right there because everybody felt really bad like you know that kind of shit happens but yeah nobody wants that to happen so like i don't know i saw a meme once and it was like it was like if you can't handle the pit then like get out and then like it was like it was the it was the red button one and it was like well it was like if you if you don't if you can't handle the pit don't come to shows and then it was like uh the other button was like uh dwindling uh attendance at shows and the guy was like sweating trying to hear a whole button push. So, oh, I don't man. know. I've kind of you know seen that and that's how I kind of people now. But like, yeah. like there are definitely shows where that kind of shit is like totally like all right. But like I don't know. People get hurt and like especially at our shows, like the kids like to push each other around. But if someone got like kicked in the face at a at one of our shows, like I would feel terrible. Right. And I would be like, fuck, what if I have to explain this now? You right. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I think like, you know, being self aware of your surroundings like if you go to a beatdown show and like at like that's just the nature of that genre where people are like encouraged to like you know crowd kill one another but if you're at a punk show and it's like you know just kind of like loosey-goosey kind of punk music like that that should be like push moshing and if you're a two-stepper like maybe you just take that night off i don't know yeah yeah. Uh, yeah it's yeah. uh it depends like there's definitely like, like different uh things that go on at different shows for different genres of music so yeah. no, cool i'm not gonna try what's fun so <laughs> yeah. sweet um brett well thank you good thank you again for coming on the podcast and sharing some stories um how do people keep up with um shows and your own social medias just for the ending here um my personal instagram is brett sanderson with five ends on the end um we have our, our facebook page for like our shows it's uh charlottetown punk and hardcore shows very uh you know very intricate naming um and then our instagrams like charlottetown hardcore i think it is um but yeah uh those are the two channels my bands we don't have social media but like we're on Bandcamp. Yeah. so antibodies borscht and abraxas for the names you can google them yeah with pei and they'll probably show up so yeah but other than that yeah that's pretty much it cool well thank you again for coming on the show and uh 
stay safe out there and uh thanks again for coming on yeah thank you so much for having me